1: Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing
0: Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. We are back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. I'm so excited today because we have Baker Johnson, who is the chief marketing officer at ujet more about that in just a moment if you've listened to the show you know these quick announcements are that if you have a story or if you have got a question that you would like me to answer just go to any of the social media channels that are out there i'm pretty much everywhere twitter facebook instagram linkedin etc cetera, etc cetera. and if it's a question use the hashtag ask chef. i'll either answer the question there in my newsletter or even on my tv show which is be amazing or go home, and that can be found on uh, Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Roku, and a number of other uh, places. But hey, you want to watch the episodes all together, all at once, you want to binge, just go to be All right, let's jump into it. We have a great interview today. I had the privilege and pleasure of meeting Baker Johnson, oh, I'm going to say about two or three months ago. Um, and we started talking about you, Jet, who I've known for a good five plus years. I remember when I first started hearing about UJet. I actually was at the CCW, which is one of the largest uh, industry conferences for the contacts in our world. And they asked me to come up to a room and do an interview. And there were the cameras, the lights, and I met the CEO. And I had not heard of them, but now Pretty much everybody knows who UJet is, and if you don't know who UJet is, you're going to find out who UJet is in just a moment, but we're going to be talking about all things related to customer service and experience, and as I mentioned, Baker Johnson, the Chief Marketing Officer at UJet, is focused on driving corporate growth by evangelizing how UJet's ultra-modern customer and user-centric approach to the whole world of customer experience is disrupting the contact center. He's got more to talk about in just a moment, but Baker welcome to our show.
1: Thanks, Jeff. It's really awesome to be here, and uh, we've, we've all followed you for years, so uh, to be able to have a conversation with you directly and talk about this stuff is uh, really an honor.
0: Well, I have, uh, as I mentioned, I, I've gotten to know you over the last few months just a little bit, and you've sent me some great talking points. We've had a great conversation or two leading up to this, and uh, you've got some pretty, what I would call, uh, very specific I'm not going to call them radical ideas, but I think you're very specific opinionated. Perhaps that might be a good word. You're very I love your the way you vocalize this. But you said the elephant in the room is the misinformation and outdated advice that is given to customer experience practitioners. Let's start there and uh, we'll launch right into it.
1: Well, look, thanks. I, I. It's interesting, right? When we talk to the folks running contact centers today, you do a survey, you're going to find out very, very few people started their career saying, I want to go run a contact center, right? I want to deliver better customer experience for brands. There's not, you know, there there hasn't been traditionally a, a, a course you can take in college. There's no college course. There's
0: no degree you can earn in managing a contact sense, center.
1: Right? <laughs> and so here's what we found out actually, right? Most of the folks running the show, they got that first job as an agent because they were going to night school or whatever and they needed the flexibility of the shifts and they were qualified, they could get the job. And then they were actually like good human beings so they could diffuse issues and take care of customers and they cared enough to really resolve issues when they arose. And just based on that alone, you know, next thing you know, they're a a supervisor or a manager and they're there 20 years later, but no one had ever really, said hey here's the the framework or the playbook for how you roll this stuff out so who do they turn to they have to turn to the vendors in the space right so it's really all of the the solutions vendors and software marketers who have something to sell that have established a lot of the thought leadership in the space right and what we see overwhelmingly is that compared to sales and marketing right that the the, the advice given to customer experience leaders is always lagging in terms of best practices and technology. And, and most importantly, in terms of where consumers really are today and how they think. A great example is just channels. We talk so much about channels and you've got to add this channel and that channel and meet the customer where they are, right? Customers don't think in terms of channels. We're all customers. Like we just, yeah, we just like, brands. I want to
0: talk to the company. That's it. Exactly. I don't care. Exactly. I, I'm going to talk to you the way I want to talk to you. Cause that's what I'm used to. You know, if I'm a, uh, an older person, I'm going to pick up a phone that has a long cord that's plugged into a wall. If I'm younger, I might use my cell phone. I might go on an app. I might go to social media. Uh, there's a, a, a dozen different ways I can contact the company.
1: Right. So if I look, if I'm a, a 20 year old software vendor in this space, I'm going to keep adding those channels and telling you, Oh, you got to add this channel. You got to add that channel. And all we're actually doing is making the customer journey more complex, more fragmented. We're setting up our customers for failure. We're setting up our agents for failure. So more so, channels
0: is not good is what you're saying. Well, I'd, how's it going? I You know, <laughs> Well, yeah, but if if to the customer it's seamless, I don't think more, here's what I always tell my clients when they go, should we get should we add this channel of communication? And I go, well, well, do any of your customers use that channel? Well, 1% do. Well, I don't know if I would create something for 1%. Uh, I would help those 1% find a better channel that's more conducive to working for everybody, but uh if you see a trend going where more and more people, like we know uh, from our survey, the phone is still the number one way customers connect with, um, with the company. However, if you really dig into the stats, and you and I are both friends with Jason Dorsey, who actually is the company, uh, he runs a company I use to do my research, um, and we find out that it's really the boomers, the older generation that's skewing those results that Gen Z doesn't see the phone as a number one. Resource, they actually see it as number two um, behind texting and and uh, you know that type of channel and, and chat. But um, I find that all that fascinating. I think it's important for us to be where our customers are—not one customer, but a, a, you know, as soon as there starts to be a trend. Look,
1: Jeff, I I'm going to call you out a little bit
0: here. Okay, I you're, want you you're,
1: to. You're using the word phone, and I don't know what you mean. I think oh. what you're talking about is the voice channel. If yeah. we're talking in outdated terms, right? right? But we're talking about software platforms that have been designed for landline phones, right? Press yep. one, for press two for that. I missed the prompt. I'm starting over. I'm repeating. All that nonsense. 80% of interactions coming into the contact center are, are coming from a smart device. Yes. Right. And the smart device, and we'll talk about this a little later, that changes the conversation about what we mean when we talk about channels, because customers don't have to pick between them, they can use them all simultaneously.
0: And that's the way it should be seamless. And uh, if, if I happen to be talking to you on my smart device. And I'm, I'm using, I I'm, say talking, communicating is better. I've opened up, uh, I've gone to your website. I've gone to customer support. You recognize who I am because you recognize me from being there before. So I don't have to put in all the information. And what I'm asking you for is help not necessarily proprietary where you're, you know, where I do have to give you more information for security purposes, but you're making it easy for me. And if I am still struggling and I decide I need help, all of a sudden I'm chatting with the live agent using my thumbs instead of my voice. And it's all, it's all good. And what's cool is the agents picking up from where I was having problems, not asking me to start over with the conversation.
1: Yeah, look, I, I think to put a bow on this conversation about that advice, you've used the word, and we, and we all use it so, uh, so often this word seamless, as long as it's seamless for the customer, right? And, and that is what Omnichannel has promised seamless pivoting between these channels without loss of context, right? What I would argue is, that's not how it works in practice, nine times out of 10. And, and omni channel, I think, is one of the most overused and misunderstood terms in CX. And I think it's one of those things that's, uh, that's becoming outdated really quickly.
0: And I'm going to bet you would say, to sum it up, that UJET has the solution.
1: Well, look, we have great solutions, but uh, <laughs> you and I agreed that this wasn't a sales pitch, right? I'm here to talk about challenges in the marketplace.
0: Right well, let's 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 consider uh, more challenges in in the marketplace. Um, I love what you're saying. I love what you're talking about. Every talks about everyone talks about customer centricity, uh, but everything uh, at least in the support center world. Oh, by the way, i I did't make a note. as you were talking about marketing and sales getting the majority of the attention, i th- I just want to throw this out there before I get into this next question. Um, I believe that the customer support world, and by the way, I know people listening to this show, there's large companies, there's small companies, even solo entrepreneurs. You need to be thinking about what we're talking about conceptually, not based on a piece of software or a solution that you might be providing. This is about a a bigger thinking. Anyway, the customer support world, okay, I believe is misnamed. It should be the customer retention department. It should be the revenue generation department, because if we do this right, we retain our customers, we create a stronger relationship because then we know that they can trust us and they will be more loyal to us. Uh, people who come back more and are loyal, spend more. I mean, there's lots of positive ROI. And that's where I think we need to get into the numbers, which leads me to your question uh, or to my comment, which was my question, not yours, Um these departmental goals and objections objectives are often numbers-based, and they're really focused on the company, not the customer. If you, They're not putting their customer first. They're putting the goals that they want from the customer first. Let's go there for a couple of minutes before we take a break.
1: Look, I, I think you have to rewind a little bit, and, and you're right. You have to look at the big picture and how we got here. Um, absolutely, customer support and the contact center we're seeing a a shifting perspective to that being a cost center, which is what it's been historically. And and to manage a cost center, there's a very different set of KPIs and metrics that you're going to look at. And you're going to be much more focused on internal operational metrics than you are on customer outcomes. The reason sales and marketing have received so much investment over the last two decades, is because they were seen as the drivers of revenue, retention, and loyalty right? That's how you spend the money to acquire the customers. Now what we're seeing is, you know, the world's globalizing, everything's gone virtual, switching costs are down, competition is up. I don't have to just go to the one cable provider that has a monopoly in my zip code. I have choice. Consumers have choice. And because of that, we're seeing the shifting view of the, of the customer support organization and the contact center as an investment center, and we're starting to see the shift towards CX as an investment engine. However, it's the tail wagging the dog. There's, it, it takes, changes is hard. It takes a long time. So in many cases, what we see is we are saying the right things. We use the terms like customer centricity and putting our customers first and thinking about what channels they might want. It or, sounds or, good. It sounds great. But if you ask practitioners on the ground how often they are their, their their incentive is based on customer outcomes versus, you know, we're still talking about average handle time and efficiency metrics. And, you know, what we default to, what we default to are things like happy agents make happy customers, right? Because we can control that. With, with limited investments, kind of a fixed cost thing. And it's true, it's necessary, but it's insufficient, right? We, we keep focusing on all of these internal drivers. And oh, by the way, we're still infighting. Everyone wants to be the, the department that uh, is most influential to customer experience. If you Google customer experience, you're gonna find solutions for marketing, for sales, for customer support, and then some that talk about unifying that customer experience across the enterprise and across the brand, right? So everyone's still sort of selfishly keeping as much of that that piece of the CX puzzle to themselves as they can, so they can have more internal power. So we have to move away and, and really put customers first.
0: I 100% agree. And this is a perfect point for us to take a short break, give our audience a little chance to breathe and, and take in some of this wisdom. By the way, I just wanna say when you and I first met, man, you talk faster than I do. You cram more words into a moment than I do. (laughs) You're amazing and I'm going, okay, I gotta, I don't know how I'm gonna keep up with the guy, but you can see, this is why I love you because man, you're just fun to talk to and you've got my energy going and I can't wait to experience more of this right after this break. So ladies and gentlemen, don't go away. We're talking with Baker Johnson, Chief Marketing Officer at UJet. We're learning amazing information about how to create a better customer experience. We'll be right back. Hi, Shep Hyken, your customer service and experience expert, and I'm excited to tell you about my new book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again. Now, this book is packed with idea after idea on how to, just as the title implies, get your customers to come back. In the book, you'll learn that repeat customers aren't always loyal customers. Now, both are great, but there's a big difference. You'll also learn about ten reasons a customer may stop doing business with you, and three reasons you would stop doing business with them. And one of my favorite lessons is a six-step process for creating an I'll be back strategy. Of course, there's much, much more. You'll start getting more of your customers to say, I'll be back almost immediately just go to www.albebackbook.com again that's www.albebackbook.com
1: you're listening to amazing business radio with best selling author and customer service and business expert
0: Shep hyken we're back on amazing business radio talking with baker johnson of ujet i have uh, there's a lot going on in my head A few minutes ago, you mentioned the concept, happy agents make happy customers. And I believe what's happening on the inside of an organization is felt on the outside. But when it comes to uh, a platform where we're trying to create a better experience for our customers, we should also be focusing on creating an easier, better experience for our employees as well. I think uh, there's frustration out there in the marketplace in whether it be formal contact centers, large or small, where I've got 17 windows open with five different programs because uh, this person contacted me on Twitter, another person contacted me on, as you would say, the smart device, not the phone. Uh, Another person contacted me on the website. I don't know, there's all these different channels and I've got all these different, it's it's frustrating to sometimes uh, the people who work in these uh, support centers that are trying to help uh, customers. Let's go there for just a moment. And then I want to jump into this idea that everybody's a customer.
1: Yeah, well, let me give a, a little more background on what I what I meant. So, you know, I don't mean to be dismissive when I say happy agents equal happy customers, because I said, yeah. you know, it's necessary but insufficient, right? So, you know, because we can't directly improve the customer experience with these outdated tools and, and our self-service is broken, and we've tried to do AI, but it's really just to deflect customers and everything else. But, you know, we, we take a customer who has a request or a, a minor issue, and by the time they get to the agent they're so angry and irrational that the agents set up for failure, right? And so we talk so much about the employee experience affecting the customer experience, but it's a symbiotic relationship. We've forgotten that we're in relationship with these customers. So the customer experience affects the employee experience, affects the agent experience. And oh, by the way, we are all customers. Like forget the word customers. We're all consumers. That's what this is really about. Mm-hmm. The technology in the support arena is lagging far behind the way we interact with our friends and family. You know, my 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 boys 7, 5 and 2 years old can go from a text message to FaceTime with my mother who's in her 70s. It's fluid. It's natural. It's no problem. But when you talk about pivoting through channels that way and that effort, you know, yeah, I'm trying to resolve an issue. Can I just send you a picture? I'm sorry. We don't have that capability. It's it's unnatural. It's so far behind where we all are and where our expectations are. Right. So w- the way that we interact it it in our lives, it's what consumers expect with brands, but it's also what your employees expect.
0: Yeah, I love this. You just said something. I just recently. Bought my wife one of these really nice massage guns. Uh, A Theragun. Uh, Yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't want to say it because I'm a snobby guy that buys the most expensive one. (laughs) But but I didn't buy the most expensive one. Anyway, guess what happened? I I was so excited to give it to her. I gave it to her early for her birthday. She wanted this. Uh, She opens up. We go to plug it in, charge it. Nothing happens. Nothing. Okay. So what do I do? I immediately go to the website. I immediately start to interact with them via chat. And you know what they asked me to do? They said, hey, uh, do you have the capability of sending us a video? If not, or do you have the capability to jump on a phone doing FaceTime, for lack of a better term, FaceTime. Um, And uh, so what I did is I they said, just shoot a video and and message it to us. Here's the number. And I did. And within minutes, I got back, okay, you're obviously doing everything right. You've got something wrong. (laughs) And within, uh, it, it was over a weekend. So it was a little, the timing wasn't as quick because they, on this Monday morning, they're going to send me out a new one. But two days later, I had a brand new machine and it was all because we interacted on, um, first email, text video, and then the final answer, it shows up. So I think that's what we're talking about. That's kind of that omni-channel approach.
1: Yeah. And, and listen, Chef, this is what we were talking about right before the break, right? Everyone talks about customer centricity in their, in their slides and their planning and in their sales pitches and everything else. But we don't think the way you just did. I mean, all you did right now is you said, oh, man, this reminds me of something that happened in my daily life. This stuff happens all day long to all of us, practitioners, salespeople, you name it. And if we just go back to our own lives, the solutions that we should have in place are obvious.
0: Yeah. So we want to emulate our personal relationships in the business world. And when I say relationships, communication of those, you know, it's, that's how we communicate with people, people communicating with people. It's not a company communicating with the customers, the same exact thing.
1: Look, I, I, you and I are both married. I've learned a lot through my marriage about relationships and communication and you know, it, it might be a little squishy to say this, but the, the truth is that we have to bring what we know about relationships and communication from our personal lives to bear in our work lives as well. If we just put as much emphasis on that in our in our customer relationships and in our interdepartmental relationships as we do at home, boy, we'd be on to something.
0: Yeah, I have a client, a friend, whatever you want to call them. They're, they're an amazing company. And they have, you know, I always believe you should have this one statement that defines how you treat your customers, you know, the Ritz Carlton, we're ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen, ACE hardware, we're the helpful hardware place. And we, I said, what's yours. And I don't even call it a, a, a statement that's focused on the customer. It's a passionate statement is what it is passion. And theirs is we love our customers so much when we kiss them, their lips bleed. And, and obviously that's a metaphor for how much we want to take care of you. They don't really kiss their customers. Um, you know what? I know we don't have a whole lot of time left. I want you to take a couple of minutes and, and hit this one for me. Um, we are in a weird place right now where people are leaving and not coming back to work or they're finding other jobs that, you know, they don't want to work as hard. It's the great resignation is what it's being called. I would love your take on what's happening in the world of customer service and experience uh, with what's going on.
1: Look, I saw an article just a couple of days ago about an airline with a 275 minute hold time right now.
0: Oh, and so
1: you're looking at, by the way, not only labor shortages that are affecting all industries. And so, look, they, by the way, contact center. on-prem, it's really hard to have remote work-from-home virtual agents if you haven't moved to the cloud. So that's kind of an easy answer to to open up your your addressable market of of potential agents. But you still have got to be aware, these product and labor shortages that are happening now, that's going to be a bigger problem in demand for customer support organizations in two to three months. Right? When, when the holidays have come and gone and, and, the, and the gifts haven't shown up on time and the issues are really starting to pile up and you've got fewer people available to, to deal with that um, and, and fewer digital mechanisms or channels available to customers to, to resolve those issues, you know everything that you're struggling with right now is going to be amplified times 10.
0: Yeah. I, I think what we're going through is a force of change. Uh, everybody says, oh, this happened because of the pandemic. No, it was going to happen anyway. The pandemic just made it happen quicker than we expected. And now that we're in this situation, we're learning how to get out of it rather well. It may take a year or two before things finally shake out and appear to be like the old days, if you will. But Yeah,
1: look, we've we've been talking about enterprise digital transformation for 15 years. It's just that about a year and a half ago, everyone said, okay, it's it's time to get past the binder (laughs) and start putting some stuff in place, right? Call it a compelling event.
0: Yep. All right. We're almost out of time. You know, I love to end with my one thing question. What's that one thing, that one idea, that one nugget, that one piece of information that you want to share with this audience today before we head out?
1: Well, look, stop thinking about channels and start thinking about your customers, right? And and mobile, by the way, this is the one thing. Mobile, mobile is not a channel. Mobile is a paradigm shift. Mobile is a new modality, it, it offers channel blending, it offers metadata, it offers context. And oh, by the way, that's where your customers are coming from. And you know this, right? Just look at your own life, you know, take off your work hat, put on your, your real life hat, and you'll have all the answers to, to what needs to improve in customer experience.
0: Wow. Great advice from Baker Johnson, Chief Marketing Officer over at UJet. Thanks for being on the show.
1: Thanks, Jeff. This was awesome.
0: All right, everybody, that wraps it up. Another episode of Amazing Business Radio and another amazing interview. And we'll be back next week with another great interview. So until then, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.